Episode 355, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca, Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Why don't you try and open? Just, no just, just, just try one. Go ahead. <laughs> assuming the roles. Uh, so I, if I'm going to be assuming the role of host, uh, I have to hold you accountable on something. Actually, Listen. I'm not. I'm not holding you accountable. Our listeners are holding you accountable. It's literally like asking like me to go and play center. You know, I could, but there's better guys at it. I'm not saying that's <laughs> you. I'm just saying there's better guys at it. Well, okay? you'll just have to make do. So with let's me. just let's just uh, let's just know our roles. Okay. Yeah. As the Rock used to say when he was a wrestler, not a movie star. Know your role and shut your mouth. There you go. There you go. That's how that's how things go in the right direction is when guys know their roles. Okay. Oh, you sounds, sounds like that could be a transition. You, you like to roll the dice a lot. That could you be like to roll the dice a lot. <laughs> We're not going to so go. What do you got for I, me? For the, the accountability element to this discussion is. The owner of the Ottawa Senators did not sell his ten percent stake for two point five. You're gonna bring billion. that shit up now? That was that was a freaking week ago, man. But people like obviously you don't <laughs> like. We have delayed listeners, delayed and someone messaged us. Me? Someone, <laughs> yeah, someone messaged us and said, and they're aggravated by this detail. And they said that tell Craig it was. They're not really aggravated because I actually got back to a lot of them, but you probably don't know that because like your head's up your ass and you're going to bring this up literally a week later. No, 19 hours ago. 19 hours ago, someone tweeted at the show. Is it still called tweeting, by the way? Xing? They Xed us. Xing? The Xing? Yeah, they Xed us. Uh. Wouldn't be the first time. Uh, the senator's owner didn't get paid two point five billion. He was paid ten percent of two point five billion. Oh, you guys are geniuses! Thanks for helping me out. We moving on, these... moving on. Well, no, no, no. Tuesday. No, no, no. There's a significant. <laughs> there's a, there's a significant difference between two hundred and fifty million. 2.5 billion there is a there's a significant like this isn't like you calling Svechnikov Shmeshnikov this is we're talking 10 times the amount of money that you said so get your it's amazing that we're sitting there straight. talking about this like it, it was a week ago like it's time to move on this there's uh, new I, stuff to I talk about then I me hearing, you know, the, the ex Twitter geniuses, like I get it. And I, you know, a lot of them basically were like, Hey, Craig, you may uh, listen to the podcast. You made a mistake. And I, I, I gave them the old heart, press the heart. Thank you very much. My mistake. Okay. But you have to sit here and start our show with like something that happened a week ago, no, because you're, you're just now reading your you're Twitter. You're going on about it. Listen, all I'm I not going on about it. Do you want to know how long this conversation could have been? This conversation literally could have been this. Just so you know, I have to hold you accountable. The Montreal Canadiens owner, the or the auto owner was paid was given 10% of 2.5 billion, not 
2.5 billion. And yeah. then you would have been like, yeah, yeah, slip, slip up. Sorry, my bad. Can't believe people are still talking about it moving on. But instead, can't believe you're talking about it. What is going on in Edmonton? I would like to hear your thought on it because this is a team that was, what did they go to the second round of the playoffs last year? Was that everyone it? said that everyone said that was the final. Everyone said the Edmonton Oilers Vegas Golden Knights was the Stanley Cup final last year. Connor McDavid right now looks worn down. He looks mentally fried. They were showing him on the bench after the game. And he he had a look on his face. And I know it's only what 12 games into the season for 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 them, but he looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. Okay, so let me let me ask you the uh, the obvious question. Is there some kind of a rift? No, no, no. I can't ask it that way cuz how would you know? Could you see there being some kind of a rift in Edmonton? Like is Connor McDavid does he come across as the most likable person to you? No. No, he doesn't. Like he, although he, he has he has he has a similar um demeanor to him of Sidney Crosby. I don't know about that. Why is that? Because I think there over the years you've seen glimpses and behind the scenes things with Sidney Crosby that maybe you might that might indicate he's He's a little more loosey goosey behind the scenes than we than we may know about. Like uh I I mean I we all know guys that have played with him. And I've heard behind the scenes he is just he's a he's a lot of fun. I mean, obviously when things aren't going well, but that that's because of the pressure that he carries. But I mean for the most part, I've heard Sidney Crosby is a a really good fun guy. I don't see that in Connor McDavid. I don't see that at all. I didn't see that when he was a kid. I don't think I've ever really seen him enjoying playing hockey. Like, I think he loves dominating. I think that's what, because that's what he just feels like he's expected to do. He is the closest thing to a robot that I've ever seen. More than Sidney Crosby. More than Jonathan Taves. Very similar to John Tavares, actually. Like just comes across as extremely boring. Is that is that because of leadership? Is that because like Jonathan Taves was the most boring, you know, type attitude, you know, very much like a John Tavares, like you said, very much like Sidney Crosby. They're very monotoned. It seemed like the the emotional side of the game never got away from them. They were always, always in control. And Connor McDavid's the same thing. Connor McDavid is quiet. Um and he's and he's very much like the others. Like, is that part of being a leader? Is that part of all the players that I had named are all feeling pressure? Is there a responsibility of being a super high draft pick? Like a McDavid, Crosby, Jonathan Taves, um, John Tavares. Well, well, okay. Well, who are who are some? 
fine. You want to if you want to pin that extra pressure on generational talents, that's that's one thing. But who are some other stars to you that have shown that, that have great personality? Malkin. Malkin's a number two guy. Always thought mm-hmm. Malkin had a great personality. Um, Jack Hughes, number one overall pick. Kid seems to love hockey more than anyone I've ever seen play hockey, next to Trevor Zegers, who may be not loving hockey right now too much. But yeah. Jack Hughes, every time you saw him interviewed, when the team was going well, he always he was just he was an unbelievable interview. And I yeah. always wanted to hear what he had to say because it was different than how everybody else said it. You know, he had the one where he's like, I don't know, we're on quite a heater, you know, and it just kind of like like I would never hear McDavid say that. Like McDavid to me, I, I I don't know. I don't know that I would. I I don't know if he were. I don't know that I would go out of my way to go up and and meet McDavid. Like I just don't feel like you're going to get anything from him, at all. Well, you're going to get some from John Tavares, Austin Matthews, another superstar with a good personality. Mitch Marner's another one. Mitchy Marner, yep. McKinnon, boring as hell. Boring. I don't know where we were going here, but it's just I going mean, back to well, what are what what is the, the issue? The, does that does that trickle down to the team? What's he like around? Do players tiptoe around him? What is it like? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I remember hearing from a guy that played with Sidney Crosby back years ago, and when things didn't go well, it was the worst environment. Of all time. Sidney Crosby was not a good person to be around, not a good teammate to be around. When things didn't go well, he was extremely, extremely bad to be around. That that came from a player that played with him. Now, what does that mean though? I don't know. I don't Is he know. A dick to other guys, or was he just not approachable? Was he pissed off? Did he? I mean, like, was the he standard hard on guys? was one thing, and that's to win games. And if you don't win games, Sidney Sidney Crosby became a different person. But I believe with Sidney Crosby, though, I believe it comes down to winning. I don't think it has. I don't think it comes down to personal success with Sidney Crosby. I truly believe that. I don't know that I can say that about some of these other stars. I I can't question their character because I don't know them. Don't you think that there may be an element to Connor McDavid where at the end of the year he has 150 points? He says, I had my guy. Fix the fucking problem. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's going to be interesting watching what Edmonton does because they have just been absolutely terrible through the first 11 games of their season. Um, When you have a team like that, that's only lost uh, or only won two games the entire year. um, Man, frustration to an extreme is setting in on these players. This, and we've talked about this so many times that they, this team is so top heavy and I, I had, we talked about this about a you know a week ago, two three weeks ago. We talked about Leon Dreisaitl, and what the Edmonton Oilers are are planning on doing with Leon Dreisaitl. Like, is is it the best thing for the Edmonton Oilers to go get a major package 
for Leon Dreisaitl? Is it the right thing for the team moving forward? Because in two years from now, there those contracts from Dreisaitl and McDavid are going to be so extreme that they're going to be even worse than what they are now because are they can't crazy. play any other players. You are crazy to think that Leon Dreisaitl is going to sign an extension at the end of this year. If I don't Weren't know, they the, in this spot last year? No, they Didn't start. They, they start great, really they slow. A, no, they had a great start because um, it was the opposite. I think they were seven and two or seven and three in the first ten, and then I think they were ten and ten after twenty. I think that's because I and I only know that because I read that recently. That's not recall because I'm not that good. I'm yeah. good, but I'm well, not that good. The Edmonton Oilers have to make a decision, and it's got to be this year on Leon Dreisaitl. I would I would love to know what their thought process is with Leon Dreisaitl, who's 28 years old right now. He's got two years left on his deal this year and one more at $8.5 million. And I would be sitting there thinking to myself, what kind of package can you get for Leon Dreisaitl? Can you get multiple players that are going to make your team better? I think there's, I think there's multiple teams out there that can do it, but you're going to be, you're going to be selling the farm to get Leon Dreisaitl. It's just, it's such a big topic because they have two of the game's top five players on the team. That's what makes it such a story. If it's other teams, but because they have McDavid, granted he was hurt a little bit, but because they have McDavid and Dreisaitl and the expectations, that's why it becomes such a huge conversation. You also wonder, and I I, I can't ignore this, every team the guy has been on, he's left a, uh, a bad mark on it, and you just wonder if there's anything going on. Don't say it. I, I I was hoping to kind of get through this conversation without no making excuses and pointing fingers and, and ultimately not having any information at all. But go ahead and we're and and it I, I kind of knew it was gonna come up. Didn't McDavid vouch for the guy and now all of a sudden he's back in the media with a custody battle and Christina Marlowe talking about Evander Kane and that sideshow. Yeah. That's a sideshow. It is a, a sideshow, and it's like, distracting. And here they are. They signed this guy. Got to imagine they ran it through, uh, you know, Mr. Franchise, Connor McDavid. Do you think that he he's asked about any type of transaction that the team does? Whose team is it? In that locker room, whose team is it? Do you think Ken Holland's going to just show up with a Vander Kane with his bag over his shoulder and say, hey, Connor, come here, meet your new teammate? Not a goddamn chance. He is going to absolutely put well, this if, one, I, run I, this I, one over through the players. I believe this, that if you're going to be asking Connor McDavid anything, you're going to be definitely asking Leon Dreisaitl also. I think he has just as much voice in the on this team as Connor McDavid does. 
He's been that good in this league, not only for one or two or three years. It's been it's been multiple, multiple years that Leon Dreisaitl has been one of the very best players in the NHL. And I think Connor McDavid is an outstanding player. But make no mistake that Connor McDavid's offensive output is certainly helped by Leon Dreisaitl. So any decisions that's going to be made, you're not just bringing in Connor McDavid to ask him questions. You're bringing in Leon Dreisaitl also, because I think he has a big voice. I didn't want to ask the question about Kane. You never want to point the finger, but I think you sometimes you have to, you have to ask. It's a legitimate question. He was just brought up in the media again. So now granted they were struggling before that. Hey, Andrew, you ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver, but fortunately for me, I haven't. But I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino, natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. Time now for Crash Course, presented by Salino Law. Car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Guess who made his way to practice yesterday in a Sabres uniform? Saw that. Matt Savoy has been brought up to the Buffalo Sabres after his stint with the Rochester Americans. Don Granato said he's not sure if we'll see him tonight. He wants to get him in some practices, get him acclimated. The hell does that mean? Why is he up here? Why is he here right now? Okay, well, I think the uh, his junior team is a shit show. If you look at Benson and Savoy, they both play in the same team. Their coach has been fired already before the start of the season. They're they're out in Watachi, 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 and I think they are just trying to. Keep them close by. I think you know why he's here. It to me, it, I just for me, I, I, no, I no, I know why he's here. There is no logical reason as to why he's here, unless the only thing that you're thinking is they didn't do enough and go and acquire enough players in the off season no. that can actually. Oh no, we don't want to go. I said that today on the radio. I'm so sick of the like everyone's. I'm not eliminating the Flyers lost the other night five to one just because they beat the Leafs. They sucked in Philly. They sucked at home to Philly and they weren't that good against the Leafs. But but guess what we did? We added another kid into the lineup against the Leafs. And now we're going to add another kid. And this is, a, this is just a kid roster, man. So where dreams come true, 
dreams come true in the NHL here with the Buffalo Sabres. Everyone gets a turn. Step right up. Get your your carnival ticket. Come on, everyone gets a turn here at at the Buffalo Sabres hockey team. Old enough to vote? You can play on our team. Going to hold public trios next year for 18-year-olds. Go on. What's the quote? Okay, so... um. Matt Savoy gets called up. He's here for a reason. He's not here because he made the team. He's not here because he should be here. He's here because the Sabres do not have a place where they feel comfortable putting him. They do not want to send him back to junior. That's clear. They want to try and keep Matt Savoy with the big club or the minors in his uh, his conditioning stints as long as humanly possible. And I would imagine Benson is the same thing. He's here. Be- he's not here because he earned this. Because then I would go into an argument with anyone and say, why is Yari Kulich not here? Why is Yari Kulich in the minors when Yari Kulich is leading the league in goals? He's fourth in points. And don't get me wrong when I say this. Yari Kulich shouldn't be here either. Yari <laughs> Kulich still has things to work on. That's what happens though when you have his limited attitude, options. His, his maturity, his defensive game. There's things that this young man who's 19 years old right now, Yari Kulich, who still needs to work on things to improve his game so he can not only play in the NHL, but thrive in the NHL. But we have Matt Savoy, who gets called up instead because they don't have any other place to put him. The only place he can really go is is back to junior. And it's a spot where... Matt Savoy has already played four years junior hockey. He's already played four years of junior hockey. So the Sabres are stuck in a really tough situation with this guy where I don't think that Matt Savoy is going to get anything out of going to junior. That's my opinion. I I would be sending him to junior anyway because I wouldn't give him NHL games. We all know why they got called up. We all know why he's not going into the lineup because they don't, they don't want to put him in the lineup yet. They want to, they want to make this time with, with Savoy here. They don't have any place to put him, So they're going to bring him up. He's going to practice for three, four, five days. He's going to play a game. Then he might sit out a game. Then he might play two games. Then he might sit out two games. And they're going to extend this stay and try and get these guys, both these guys, to the World Juniors. And then after the World Juniors in January, they're going to have to make a tough decision. They're going to have to make a tough decision. Do you send these guys back to junior and have them play out the last three months of of their of their time in the Western Hockey League or do you keep them here? 
I just, it's just Bigger, hard. Stronger, I think that the, the, the hardest part for me is the fact that the team, they might be winning and, and yes, so your, you know, your star players are starting to play. I shouldn't say they are, they might be winning. They won their last game. They've won two of their last three, but they're not playing great hockey still. No, 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 no. They're, they're up and down. They're yo-yos, but that's, I'll, that's tell, you I mean. and, and I'll tell you this. What are they? What are they? 500? It's hard. They are exactly 500, but it's hard to, to put a guy into the lineup when when the team is so inconsistent, it's like what kind of game are you imp- implementing? Are you what kind of team are you inserting him to? You're not inserting him into Boston where it's so structured that everybody goes out and has the same philosophy. You're inserting him Heck, to a. I ask a- questions. I ask questions, and I say, "Well, why why is Savoy up here? I don't know why he's up here because they don't have any other place to put him." And I'm thinking to myself, "Why is Yari Coolidge not up here?" Guy is leading the American Hockey League in goals. He's fourth in points. And my the answer that I got was that he's he's the maturity level and his defensive game is not very good. And my thought is you just kind of named Buffalo Buffalo de, like team defense in in, in general. Score a ton of goals, try and outscore more teams. That's the philosophy. That's that is last year they scored an absolute insane amount of goals. The Sabres did. They didn't make the playoffs because they can't play defense. This year, there's st- the games that they won, they're still outscoring, they're they're still allowing tons of goals against. So what's the philosophy? You don't want to bring up Yari Kulich because he he's gonna he's a point producer. You want him to play defense. All I know is the top players on this team have started to take off, which is a really good sign. I know they're five hundred. Um, they're not in an ideal situation, but man, if you were to look at one game and you were to say, "Oh, we're we're seven and." Uh, five. We'd be like, hey, we're having actually a pretty good season. So a six and six, five hundred. Casey Middlestat, do you know he's leading the he's, team in points? Yeah, you say that about seven, six and six, or seven and five. But the reality of that is, this team could be eight and four. That's the problem. It's a big difference. Huge, not a huge. Well, if they were eight and four, they would be uh, third in the Eastern Conference. Okay, right. Yeah, and that's I where mean, they—that's where they could be. I mean, they—they, they, I know they lost the game five to one. I'm not going back. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. They should have beaten Philadelphia the other night. Period. They should have beaten the Philadelphia Flyers. Five to one is unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. At home again, another after home you just, game. After you just, just beat beat them. And the schedule, des- you know, we, but we they do didn't the five deserve games. to beat them. Correct. Correct. And that was something I emphasized today when I was on with Shred Reagan. They're like, well, you know, they had the nice win in Philadelphia. I said, nice win. I said, that was only a nice win because they won. I said, they did not play very well. I said, the other goalie had to come in. He wasn't good. I said, like, that wasn't a, a nice win. That's like a lucky 
get your two points win. I said, then you come home to the play the same team and put up that effort. I said, then you go to Toronto and you don't even play great there. Toronto played terrible in that game. The Leafs beat themselves in that game. Yeah. Don't be fooled by what you're seeing sometimes and how games are won and lost because there are losses that they could have won and should have won where they played well. But the point is, is they could be eight and four. And they're could not. Be. Could be. Yep. They're not. And it's it's because, and I don't think it comes down to talent or work ethic. I think it comes down to personnel. Simple as that. And the schedule is not getting easier. I don't know what you make of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, but I don't think they got off to the start that uh, everybody expected them to. They're a contender. They are at least at the start of the year, people were saying they are a team that is contending for a cup. Yes. You have the Minnesota Wild coming into town. They've they've also had some injuries that have put them in that situation. Um, did you hear about Freddie Anderson? Freddie Anderson uh, just recently came out, I think it was yesterday, that he's going to be stepping away from the game a little while because of blood clots. So that's concerning, you know, when that's your number one goaltender. Um, I think, I think Carolina is grossly, grossly underachieved for who they have on that team. And they're going to turn it around eventually because that's how good the team is. They're very well coached. They have the, the veteran presence on the team. They will turn it around. I just hope that it's not next game against the, the Buffalo Sabres. And then the last game of that five-game segment, because they've already played two, is at Pittsburgh on Saturday. They're another there there are three winnable games for this team. That's that's the thing. And and then here's the cliche. But there are also three very losable games for this team as well, if they don't show up and and play. And that's the problem they're in. They don't have the luxury of just floating around games and picking up points. Yeah. I think the Sabres have a team that can beat anyone in this league on any given night. That's how that's how strong I feel about the core and and what they have on this team right now. Now it just comes down to playing the right way and being consistent in your play each and every single game. I remember back, I just, I, I continue to go back into the late nineties, early, early two thousands when we would, we would play the Detroit Red Wings, the Stevie Eisenman, the Fedorovs, the guys like that on this team, they were a team that played the same way every game for 82 games, every single game they played the same. Now, if you had the greatest day that night, you would have a chance to beat them. But if you didn't, if you had an average night, then they were they were 100% going to win. If you had a poor night, then they were beating you 7 nothing. But they played the same way. The consistency in which they played was the reason why they won multiple Stanley Cups in Detroit. I just remember that team because I remember them being... Super, super, super offensive. They had all the talent in the world. 
But that talent knew in order to win championships, you needed to play defense. So the, all of that offensive talent played defense. And they knew that if they played the same way each and every night, they were going to win more games by playing great defense. And they would pluck teams apart. Well, period by not, period. It was they need to, awesome. They need, they need to string some wins together here. They need to string some wins together and start to just separate themselves from a couple teams, you know, get four, five, six points apart from teams. And and you can take advantage of a vulnerable Carolina. You could take advantage of a of a Minnesota Wild. I mean, you wouldn't want to play Carolina any more than what they are right now. They have Brett Pesh Pesci who is a really, really good defenseman who's out with an injury. You have Orloff, who's an outstanding defenseman, who's minus eight. Um, D'Angelo on defense, minus seven. Like, this is a team that is a very, very strong team. But if you can get them at this time of year when they're not playing their best hockey, go in there and play the right way, play with insane amount of energy, take care of the puck, manage the puck. You will have a chance to win this game. Like I feel confident with the Sabres that they can win this game. Because this Sabres team, if they can gain some momentum, some confidence to understand that every single night we are going to play the same way, man, this team's going to win a lot of games. Craig, they have some injuries. Cousins hurt. Samuelson's banged up. Yep. Comrie. Yep. Oh, I mean, well, Levi's back. So, I mean, we don't need anybody else. You know, what's awesome when you have depth, which with the Sabres have lacked depth for many, many years. They have, they have players that can step into the lineup right now. Like cousins is going to be a loss. And so is Samuelson. They're They're massive losses at both ends of the ice. Okay. But you can put guys into the lineup that that can at least, you know, do the job. And right now, they have to feel confident because their top players here in Buffalo are starting to take off. Alex talk a little bit of a slow start to his season. Well, guess what? He's turned things around. He's he's upped his level of game. Tage Thompson started started slow for a couple games. Now he's taken off. Jeff Skinner's been real strong and driving the ship offensively for this team. This is a good thing. You have Casey Middlestat that you know he's kind of like the uh, the unsung hero of this team right now. He's played real strong hockey for the team. This is a good thing when you have these guys. JJ Paterka. No one's even talking about JJ Paterka. Two years ago, when this guy was playing in Rochester, that you spoke to that guy that the Sabres let go to the Rangers. Remember him? Um, Mike Pekka, I said his name was. He was coaching Paterka in Rochester. You Mike know. Pekka told me that J.J. Paterka is going to score 90 points in the NHL someday. He's going to be the offensive force. Because I had asked about Quinn. And we had had a discussion about Quinn. He goes, he loves Quinn. Loves him. Trigger man, skates well, super insane shot. He's just a complete goal scorer. He's going to score 30 goals in this league. 
But he mentioned to me that J.J. Paterka has next-level talent, next-level compete, and this young man who, what is J.J. Paterka right now, 20? He's 20 years old. It's mind-blowing when you think about it. He's 20 years old right now, and Mike Pekka said that he's going to score 90 points in this league someday. May not be this year or the next year, but he will score 90 points. He's that good. They're good. You know where they've improved, they say, the most? Five on five. Uh, the forwards are way better defensively this year. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with Laviolette. I'm sure, you know, you know, having Michael. You know, I, I, I look at I look at the either. Sabres, too. And, you know, we've had some close games that we've lost. Um, I'm really, really happy to see that the penalty kill has done done a really good job. Like Eric Johnson, um, adding him in to this penalty kill, adding in Jordan Greenway with Tage Thompson, um, that unit have done a really really good job killing penalties. I think they're they're in the top five in the league in penalty kill. And that's important. That's really, really important. The power play, on the other hand, um, is 27th. Now, here's the thing. Why is it 27? You have Darlene, you have uh, Tage Thompson, Tuck Skinner, um, and whoever else they, they deem to put um, in that extra position, before it was Victor Olofsson. You have Middlestat that has an opportunity now. Dylan Cousins has played there. They have the tools. They have the guys to get it done. They just need to gain some confidence. They just need to feel it out. Um, and they'll be fine. Like, I'm not worried about the power play. It needs to get better. It has to get better. Because it has to help the team win games. But I'm really happy with the with the penalty kill because the the Sabers penalty kill for years has stunk to high hell, like a long, long time. So this is real uh, good. This team is going to live and die with their special teams. Yes, that's, they are. That's going to be their. It's going to be what defines their season, in my opinion, is their power play and their penalty kill. Penalty kill is very big because I think five on five, the Sabres have the ability to outscore 90 plus percent of the, of the teams in the NHL five on five. I think they have so much skill and dynamic play that they're going to win the five on five game. Now you need to, now you need to shut down other teams, power plays, which they've done a real nice job. But if they can get that 27th ranked power play going and they've got all the tools, man, they've got all the tools. You get that thing going, this team is going to win a lot of games. All right, that'll do it for this edition of Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. I wanted to talk because I read these articles in Toronto right now and Toronto is losing their marbles on Tyler Bertuzzi. Brad Marchand takes uh, one of their young defensemen into the boards and now he's out long-term and you've got Tyler Bertuzzi on the bench laughing, laughing at Marchand, kind of like giggling, almost like looks like it's giggling with him. 
And now the, 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 the fan base is just losing their marbles because the team is not performing. No, they won last night. Well, they won last night. I'm yeah, talking so about they, after, after the point. Sabres game, they were losing four to one. Yes, they were. It was four to one. Yeah. And they I, it was did four to one Tampa Bay, not come back to five, four, then Tampa Bay yeah. scores to make it five, five. And then they went in overtime. That's, that's a, that's a big, big, big morale. Matthews, another, another two goals and one assist. Insane. Was he at now 13? Uh, yeah, that'll be 13 for him. If you had to take a roster, Toronto Maple Leafs or the Edmonton Oilers, which one would you want to acquire? Toronto. As a GM. Toronto. Do you not think that the Toronto Maple Leafs ultimately want to be able to keep Nylander? Because they know that John Tavares is coming off the books, not this year, but after next year. That's $11 million. They want William Nylander. They don't want to lose him. They don't want to trade him. Maybe Nylander's the problem there. (laughs) What do you mean he's the problem? Well, I mean, I don't know. Who knows what what if Michael Nylander's, you know, what he's doing behind the strings. Maybe he's saying I want to be paid more than Matthews. Maybe he's saying I want to be paid eleven plus million. I mean, what do you? Come on, he's, you don't think these guys know what they're talking about behind the closed doors? Like you don't think Nylander's like I'm fucking out of here. I fucking hate it here. I I want to go here. I'm going to Chicago or. Like, or saying like, oh, I, you know, I want eight years this, or I want three years. Like, come on. That can be a distraction when you have a guy like Nylander. I mean, that's a, that's a, he wants some of that uh, celebrity status too there in Toronto. He wants some of that cake and cookie too. I mean, he probably thinks Marner got a little too much too soon. He's coming for it. He is coming for the money. You mark my words. Nylander will be a holdout slot. He can't even hold out. Is he UFA at the end of this year? Is Nylander a UFA at the end of this year? Is he a UFA? Or does I he... think he is. How old is he? 20. He's U... No, he's, a, he's definitely a UFA. We've talked about this already. He's as good as gone. If he's, he's a UFA, then he is sitting in the driver's seat. Like yeah, we no, talked about nobody this. He's else. Going to, he's going to Chicago. We've already discussed this. He's not like he's he has no pressure to sign a contract whatsoever. He's just coming off a a seven million dollar a year deal. For how many years did he sign that? Six years, forty-five million dollars. He's in, he has no pressure whatsoever. The guy is shredding it right now. Again, having another the year before, two years ago, two years ago, he had thirty-four goals and eighty points in eighty-one games. Last year, he had uh, eighty-seven points, forty goals in eighty-two games, and this year he has six goals, sixteen points in twelve games. Like this guy is going to get paid ten and a half million dollars all day long. 
all day long. Do you know how many teams would love to get their hands on? How many guys like this come available? Not many. Not many. He would be the biggest free agent to hit the market, I think, since... He's 27 years old. Artemi Panarin. Yeah. This guy is going to get an like, extreme Artem, amount of money. Did Panarin get traded to the Rangers? Did he sign as a UFA? I think he signed as a UFA, didn't he? I'm going to check that right now. Man, would that be a massive loss? You got Tyler Bertuzzi who stinks and they're they're looking to move him currently as we speak. He's got two goals, three points in 12 games, has not played well. The other Toronto Maple Leaf that they brought in, Max Domi, has not played well. Not played well. Doesn't even have a goal in 12 games. And Ryan Reeves. Sorry, bud. I I, I know why you're there, but um, I just find his voice. I find his voice too big in this this type of market. Like I hear more about Ryan Reeves in Toronto than I do about Mitch Marner. and, And maybe that's why he's there. Well, nah, I mean, listen, I mean, the... It's the last time you've heard about Morgan Riley. It's the last time you've heard about Marner or Tavares. I mean, you don't hear anything about these guys. All I hear and all I read is clips on Twitter about Ryan Reeves in Toronto. Bad signings. Ryan Reeve just makes me laugh. Big cap money. Toronto Maple Leafs. It's almost like you have this life expectancy. And then it goes. And I I find in Toronto, they're in a big, big problem right now. Because they don't have the money to sign Nylander. They just don't. Anyone who's not a Leaf fan is not... They're not wiping tears away or pulling out the violin for the Toronto Maple Leafs. 